as women, we can be a little bit more emotional. And so I had never seen a coach so passionate. Any, I mean, all three of my coaches were very, very passionate about the people that they were working with and just everything that they, they do. They are 100% like every day you get the same. Like you get the same person every day. And I think consistency was something that was so crucial for me in my career at Nebraska, because if I would have had someone that, you know, was wavering or, you know, letting me kind of slip up, I really think, truly believe that if it wasn't for them, you know, staying the course with me, I mean, I don't know where my career could have gone. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Welcome to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley Burkhart, and I have a great friend of mine on the other side of the mic. This is my good friend and competitor ever since we both got to college and played in the Big Ten, Kiki Stokes. I'm so pumped to have you here. I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. I love things like this, and doing it with you (laughs) is going to be even more fun. So let's get this thing underway. I know. So I had to start off with this. So I was going through all of your records at Nebraska and all of these things that you did. And I was like, oh my gosh, when you look at the records that you have and what you've done, I looked at my stats and was like, oh my God, we're like two peas in a pod. Like all of the same things we loved about the game, like we were very similar in this way. And honestly, I hated playing against you. I'm going to be so honest. Like when you were on the other side of the field, I was like, this girl will not stop. Like whenever, whenever you're put in a clutch situation, you always make something amazing happen. And so I was like, dang. And then looking through all of your stats in Nebraska, I'm just like, dude, like this is like my doppelganger in so many ways. Um, no, but I seriously, I have, I have very, very good memories of us playing against each other on your home field at Nebraska. Yeah. I think we played... It was my junior, no, 
my sophomore year, your freshman year, and you were already like making a great name for yourself as a freshman. I was like, oh my God, this girl's going to be so I mean, and that was honestly for me, my freshman and sophomore years, two of my worst years, in my opinion, I think that those were like, I could not figure myself out. And, you know, although I had maybe, you know, some slight, you know, hopes and, and, and glimpses of being really great, I those were two years that I hate talking about. <laughs> really? I hate and you it. were already making a name for yourself in my eyes? <laughs> That's awesome. So obviously the listeners are probably like, okay, if we don't know Kiki, we need to get to know her. So can you at least start us off with, I mean, who you are, where you're from, yeah. what travel ball teams you play for? Like, what was your upbringing like? And then we can get into the good old days in Nebraska. Yeah, so... I am originally from Maryville, Missouri, really, really small town. And we moved to Kansas City when I was probably in like second grade. So from second grade on, uh, I lived in Kansas City, Olathe, Overland Park area, and uh, grew up playing softball, probably started when I was in first grade-ish, but really didn't start getting serious with it until about fourth grade. My very first team and the team that I stuck with predominantly through was the Hot Sticks. And then I ended up my last two years of high school playing with the DeMarini Aces now, but DeMarini's efforts was the team at the time. Honestly, when I was going through the recruiting process, uh, I don't really remember it a ton College softball was something that, you know, I was just starting to get into and thinking about, okay, maybe I could do this. I was also really big with basketball. So I didn't really understand really fully what I wanted to do, wanted to do until I got into high school. And I was like, all right, you know what? Basketball is probably not my calling. I love to play it, but softball is like really where I feel the most comfortable and it's what seems like my outlet. And so started playing going into my ninth grade year. So the summer going into my ninth grade year was the first time that I had gone to a Nebraska camp. And, you know, my coach had been trying to get me to go to camps just the whole time. He was like, I need you to, you know, experience what it's like to be on some of these campuses. And I didn't really quite understand it because, again, I, I didn't really know that that's what I wanted to do. And uh, going into my ninth grade year, I went to a camp at Nebraska. And at the time, you know, they could talk to you about recruiting or anything like that. So they had really just, you know, talked to me about, you know, would I be interested in going to school there? And it was so easy for me to say yes, because I was just like, oh, this is what it's like. Like, absolutely. Like, sign me up. Like, I would love to go to school here. And I remember I verbally committed going into my ninth grade year that summer. And from there, it was just like history. Uh, ended up finishing high school, and my first year at Nebraska was an absolute <laughs> whirlwind and shock, to say the least. I knew that I was really talented, but I didn't know that I was going to have to work as hard. I mean, everybody in college literally is at just such a high caliber. I mean, I was playing against girls coming from California, Texas, all over the place, and little old me just couldn't figure out how to you know, compete with these these kids at the time. And so I really struggled. I didn't know how to do anything but slap at the time. And I had a meeting with all three coaches and they were like, look, uh, if you don't leave here an all American, that's on you. And it's partly on us because I mean, you're that good that you could do it, but you, you got to start believing it and wanting to, you know, work like that. Time goes by sophomore year. I'm starting to, you know, get it, feel it a little bit. And I'm, but I'm still just not quite there. And I'll never forget Michigan State was the, the one 
was the turning point. We were at a series at Michigan State, and I was like, God, man, I'm tired of being like just so like overlooked. Everyone is just always passing me by. My teammates are doing doing more than me. Everybody's just doing more than me. And going into that summer, I was like, I'm I'm working hard. Like no one's going to work harder than me. And junior year was like my breakout year. And finally, I had learned how to hit. <laughs> so that was like, <laughs> the doors were open. I could slap, I could hit. I truly became a triple threat. And I really started to fall in love with the game all over again and just being, you know, having fun. Uh, and like I said, it was a complete turnaround for me. That was one of my best years at Nebraska. And then senior year, same thing. Became an All-American junior year and senior year. And I was just like, my coaches never doubted me. I mean, they had literally told me my freshman year if I didn't become an All-American that it was on me. And it just kind of went to show, like, hard work does pay off. And that was kind of my career um, there. I mean, it just – it was such an unbelievable time. They do say four years goes by fast, and I didn't believe it. But I loved mm-hmm. every every year there. And my fifth year, I ended up becoming an undergrad assistant. And then I actually took five years – for schooling. And, uh, I wanted to do occupational therapy at the time. So that was kind of why I was planning out for five. And then I ended up just graduating with a, a child abuse and family sciences degree. But I was like, I think I really want to coach my fifth year. They kind of let me, you know, help out a little bit. I wasn't a grad assistant. I was an undergrad assistant. So they kind of gave me little coaching roles and things like that. And I was like, I kind of like this. And then by my volunteer year, they convinced me to stay at sixth year, and uh, I absolutely loved it. And they gave me so much free range, and they trusted me and trusted the knowledge that I had for the game that I could teach. And I really understood, like, I have a calling for this because I love working with people, and I love to help people and seeing, you know, even some of them were my teammates at one point, but seeing that they had so much, like, faith and they believed that the things that I was saying and trying to help them with that, I was like, okay, this is definitely my calling, and this is what I want to do. And now I'm coaching and this is my third year at South Dakota State and I absolutely love it and I wouldn't change my my whole journey for the world. So that's kind of a little bit of a nutshell. I did not talk about my professional career just yet, but we can get into that. Yeah. Oh, you know we're going there <laughs> at some point. You know we're going there. But oh man, there's so much I want to unpack from your story. Um, and let's just start with the youth athlete part because like I said, we are kind of twins in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. We both played basketball as well. Like I ended up stop. I stopped playing basketball. I think it was my going into my junior year of high school. That's crazy. Same. Like basketball was like my other sport. It was like my other love until I realized how good I was getting at softball. And then I kind of parted ways from it. But how do you think basketball and also something that you didn't mention that I looked up on you earlier, you played football <laughs> when you were little, you were I like, did. I want to play football. What? Why did you want to play? Do you remember? Yeah. So my brother, um, me and my brother were always really competitive. He's only two years older than me. And I mean, the reason why I started softball was because of him as well. But um, he played football all throughout high school. I played a little bit in college and then uh, obviously growing up. And I always remember like my dad just going to his practices and stuff like that. And I told my dad, I was like, I'm really, I just want to play. I just want to play football. And he's like, Mm, I don't know. And I was like, no, like, I, I just let me, let me try. And sure enough, my second grade year, I started tackle football. There was just a little league in Kansas city that, um, I mean, every grade had, you know, football and, uh, tackle football started in, in second grade. So I didn't even start with flag. I just jumped right, jumped the gun and went right into, um, 
right into tackle and my dad was the coach at the time and so it was it was actually like really fun i mean i still talk to guys that i played with i played from second grade through sixth grade and then once i uh got into seventh grade that was junior high at the time so it was seven eight nine was junior high in kansas city and i asked my dad like can i try out for the football team and he was like absolutely not like <laughs> the guys are gonna keep getting bigger and now you're gonna stay the same size like uh, it's probably not a good idea and you're playing softball so like just to prevent from you you know getting hurt or anything like that yeah. like i think this is going to be the end of it. And I was so sad, but from second grade to sixth grade, it was the coolest experience ever. Cause I got to play football and I mean, I was pretty good. The boys could never catch me. And then <laughs> I thought it was so funny though, because every time after the game, we take off our helmets and, you know, go shake hands with the other team and everybody's like, oh, that's a girl. That's a girl. Oh my God. God. And so I, I, I love football. It was a lot of fun, but that was just something that I think like, I'm so glad that my dad allowed me to do anything that I wanted to do because it really truly made me a better athlete overall. Like, uh, I mean, softball, you'd be, it's, it's crazy to see that, like just being athletic, like playing basketball, even, I mean, I think, that the two go hand in hand, whether it's being a good teammate, uh, just working really hard, they all kind of go hand in hand. And I always say, you know, the more sports, the better. Um, obviously, at some point, you do kind of have to focus in a little bit on what it is that you love to do and what you want to do. And I think that, like I said, I figured that out. But um, there's nothing wrong with it by any means. Yeah. Do you think that playing with the boys for that long made you pretty tough? Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I was like, I could never cry. I, and not because my parents said I couldn't cry, but because I didn't want to cry because, I mean, they were tough. That's what I wanted to be. And so I think, yeah, my brother was, we were so rough growing up. I mean, that's all we did. Tackle football in the backyard, backyard baseball. I mean, I was just always running around with the guys. So, and then when my little sister came along, my mom actually, it's funny because my mom is complete opposite. I mean, she did run track in college and things like that, but like she um, competes in beauty pageants. My mom growing up, she did. So she was Miss Kansas, wow. uh, Miss Missouri. And then now my sister is doing pageants, but she tried to get me into it. And I was like, mm -mm, <laughs> this is not for me. I cannot <laughs> do these. I cannot get all dolled up. I hated wearing dresses. I was mm -hmm. just a big tomboy growing up, to be honest. And I loved Same. being around guys and doing things like that. So when my sister came along, we tried to get her into softball and it just, it, it did not go well. Yeah. <laughs> could not figure yeah. it out. Man. So it's funny you say that because I remember growing up, I had just had a bunch of guy friends mm -hmm. because they have so much less drama than girls. <laughs> that like, is it. That is it. It's, in, it's crazy how different. And that's the thing too. It's like, no, they weren't all my, like, I wasn't trying to be their boy, like but girlfriend. Girl I was literally just like, I like hanging out with you because you don't gossip mm -hmm. and because you don't drive drive me nuts with all of these crazy things girls right. think about. But it's, I had to ask because I remember I was I was a lot similar because I was a tomboy and it was like people just didn't understand that I love talking about sports and because of that like I didn't really have a whole lot of girls as friends right. growing up. Right. But my only I mean, girlfriends, I mean even in elementary school, you know, the girls are over there jumping rope and you know playing something and I'm over with the boys on the little 
back backfield and I'm playing tackle football at recess yes. or kickball. Yes. Like I just never, <laughs> I never went yes. into, you know, just not doing anything. I think I was just always that rough. So, I mean, Same. I, it's, it's definitely paid off in the long run because I think I do have a really, really tough skin when it comes to just sports in general and, and figuring out a way to bounce back. Exactly. Because for a while we had to deal with not being good compared Mm -hmm. to a lot of other people. I remember growing up and there were boys in my neighborhood that were just really good at playing basketball and all these other things. And they would pick on me and try to beat me. And I was like, oh no, like Mm -hmm. heads up, like I'm coming for you. And, And it's that inner edge that I built at such a young age that I didn't realize I had when I got older because it was just something I worked on when I was little. Mm -hmm. So I think that's super cool. So if any parents are out there that are like, my gosh, my, my, my athlete, my young daughter is a little softy. Okay. Well go have her play against boys. Like she'll figure it out. Play in the backyard with some, with some guys that don't really care if you, you know, if they hit a home run off you or not, like they are there. It's just, it's different. It is very, very different. And I think that it's, and it's not even that, like, you don't have to replicate, you know, playing with the boys. There's so many ways that you can, you know, build toughness amongst, you know, girls that are trying to get into the game. But I think it's just that push and that edge of trying to get them to just be the best when they are younger. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I put on clinics and we do tons of competitions because I love them. And I feel like it's one of those where like when you lose, you want to get back up and find a way to win. Mm -hmm. But there's so many girls and young athletes that I've worked with that say, oh, I hate competitions. (laughs) I hate them. I always lose. I always lose. And I'm like, where's your fight? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and it's, it's funny because I can't even pick out exactly where I got my fight, but I do think that it's has a lot to do with that. A little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Crazy. So you mentioned your dad a little bit. I want to kind of get into that because he coached you. Did he just coach you in football or did he coach you in other things too? (laughs) He tried to coach me in softball. And then I think he just kind of threw the towel and was like, yeah, I I can't keep visiting this with you because he did coach my baseball or my brother's baseball team as well. So he, he coached us in a lot of different things like growing up. And then I think once we started to get a little bit more serious about certain sports, he kind of backed off just a little bit so that we could like really just truly learn from someone else and not our dad. I think that Mm -hmm. that was huge. I mean, pitching was something that I swore I was going to do. And, you know, I didn't end up doing very well at that. But it was like back in the day, we didn't really have like lessons. Uh, Like I don't remember like going to anybody to hit or do anything like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I learned that stuff during practice. But um, my dad was very, like, very supportive, and, and my mom, too, and just whatever we wanted to do. My dad actually has pretty big of a sports background. He played uh, college at Northwest Missouri State, which is where Maryville is at. Um, won a national championship there, and, I mean, like, so he's just really passionate about football uh, for the most part. But, I mean, he was also really competitive with baseball. Growing up, he played baseball, and so we've always been a pretty big sports family for the most part. My mom ran track at the same spot and that's where they ended up kind of, I mean, they're both originally from Mississippi and that's where they met. But I think that for, for both of them, they always supported us in anything that we wanted to do. The only sport that I played and not for very long was soccer. Soccer, and I actually played volleyball all throughout middle school and my sophomore year of high school. But soccer lasted about, <laughs> probably about a solid month. Um, before I was like, this, this probably just is not for me. It was just this little rec league. And, you know, I, 
I really originally I just wanted to play because my friends had played it and I was like, you know, soccer is the one thing that I don't know if I'm, you know, really interested in. And then, you know, by the, the first month I was like, this probably isn't something I wanted to do. And we hadn't even started playing yet. And I told my dad, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think this is like it for me. Like this is a lot of running for me. <laughs> and I was really fast, yeah. but soccer is a a stretch. When it comes to, I'm not a long distance runner and. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree with that because when you're a sprinter, like I, I leave college and I'm like, I'm a base dealer. Like I'm a sprinter wherever I'm going, I'm going hard and then I'm getting a break. Mm -hmm. I'm not running continuously. I hate running. And the same thing happened to me in soccer. And I was like, if I'm not a goalie, I don't want to play. Same with track. Uh, I did track for a little while throughout middle school and and high school. I couldn't do it because it was in the same season as softball. So we were in the spring and so was track. Uh, But track was so nerve wracking. I did not. And I just really didn't like the, the point either of like running for points in my head. I just couldn't make it make sense. I was like, yes, I'm very fast. But like, I don't want to get this nervous before I run a hundred yards and I'm just, you know, feeling like I'm about to throw up. Like (laughs) the only thing that I really enjoyed was like the high jump. I really enjoyed that. And then like the relay, any kind of relay race, I always loved the relay races, but track is nerve wracking, very, very Mm. nerve wracking. So I just, that wasn't for me either, but. (laughs) And it's pretty individual. I mean, you're the only one out there. So Yeah. I could see it being tougher. I never tried it. And I think that's why I liked the relays because I felt like more of like a team. It wasn't just me doing right. thing. It was more of a team. And I think that's what I was always just used to was doing it with other people. Right. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your dad played college football. Mm-hmm. And so again, I'm going to then say you're still my twin. My dad played college basketball. But because he did that, I felt like he was really, really, really tough, tough on me. Because he's just used to that environment of being around guys, playing at the college level, like knowing what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Was your dad harder on you when you were growing up? I mean, you said he supported you with his whole world, and I think so, so did mine. Mm-hmm. But did he potentially, was he hard on you growing up? Like, what was he like growing up with you, you know, after a tough performance and things like that? Yes. When it came to softball, that was the one sort of, I mean, basketball he didn't really ever say a ton and i don't know if it was because he never played it really i think it was maybe just like you know that's something she likes to do but when it yeah well very much so i mean i remember the car rides uh whether it was complete silence or he had everything to say in the book i mean my dad was pretty hard i mean i will never forget first grade he was coaching the team and i kept striking out and he was like you know what if you cry one more time, you will never play softball again. I will never let you play softball again. This is ridiculous. You keep crying because you keep striking out. Like, this game, like, you're not going to hit the ball every time, and you're not going to make the catch every time. Like, you are going to fail at this game. So if you can't take it, you don't get to play anymore. After that, mm. cried again. And, I mean, he was pretty hard as far as just, like, making sure that I was, like, working and, and doing things and just being on it, I guess, is the best way to put it. I mean, he always pushed me to do more. And I don't think I ever really understood it until I got to college that, like, there was always so much more that I could have been doing. He tried. He really did try to push me hard. And I I don't think I listened when it came to yeah. I mean, I think that was another reason why 
he kind of backed off the pedal a little bit of being my coach because it was like, you got to learn from somebody else. I can't keep continue to, you know, just try and pry this out. And I think that was probably the biggest thing that he could have done because so much, so much now parents are just so involved in wanting, it's like you give them away and you're letting them have a coach uh, of a team. And yet you're still trying to coach from the side. It's like, yeah, let these kids grow and you can't be a helicopter parent forever and just constantly hovering over your kid and you know making them feel like you know you're the one that they should be listening to like it's it's just let them breathe a little bit there's no i mean you can be hard on your kids absolutely but like you got to give them space to grow and to make whatever adjustments it is and and you just can't always be that they can't always hear from their parents because at some point in one ear out the other like that's just what it is and if you yeah. they are listening to everything that you say, not quite. I mean, because I'm literally, yeah. I understand it now more than ever, though. And I think the reason why our dads were on us so much is just because they had such high expectations because they knew what it took to get to the highest level in, in their sports. Sport. <laughs> so it was kind of just a matter of instilling those things in us. And obviously, they wanted what's best for us. And my dad, actually, he threw, like, my favorite thing that happened when I went to college, him knowing that I'm now going to be coached by somebody who's literally like the biggest professional there can be, you know, in college athletics, like he let them do their thing. And he never coached me once after he let me go to college, let me go to college. I don't know why I said it like that, but he, he would always though be eager to like, when I came home for winter break and things like that, he'd be like, so what do you learn it? Like, what are we going to practice this, like this month? And so it was kind of cool to see my dad kind of grow in the game with me and want to also hear like, Hey, what are some drills you're up to? Like, cause I have Christina, who's my younger sister and she's playing in college. And he was always like, well, tell me what you're learning so then I can teach her. And it was kind of like this fun little system, but it seems like, you know, parents that, you know, obviously that want you to succeed and thrive. They're always looking for new seeds and new ways to help you get better. Um, and I believe everybody listening to this podcast is that parent. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we're, we're kind of talking about this because it's, it's neat to see how, you know, a player like you, two-time All-American in college, had somebody that would do anything for you, but also like kept you accountable to those dreams and those goals that you had for yourself. So that's awesome. So first of all, we talked about that longer than I planned and I loved it because I think it's just like you can learn so much from just somebody's journey. I liked that we unpacked a lot of things, especially the football part and especially the sibling part. But you did talk about your younger sister and how she's not playing softball. But like, I'm pretty sure you love makeup. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Makeup. Yeah. I'm not wearing it right now, but <laughs> I, she's the one that actually got me started. I'm not even gonna lie. She, you know, every time I come back home from college, I'm really close with both of my siblings. And every time that I would come back home, it was just like, so much fun to be around both of them, but like, we just always find things to do, fun stuff to do. Like I said, she did did pageants and still does pageants and all that stuff. And so she, as she got older, she got really into like just makeup and doing other people's makeup and doing hair and all this stuff. And I always just like, you waste your time with that. Like, I don't think I really started even wearing makeup until probably, I mean, I would wear mascara and stuff like that, but like actually wearing a full face of makeup, probably not until like, senior year of high, of college. And so I had never like wore foundation or anything like that, but I'm like, this is actually like 
kind of cool. And then I started like watching YouTube videos and I got really into YouTube for this like long period of time. And all I did was just watch YouTube tutorials and tutorials. And then finally I was like, you know what? Like I want to just start like experimenting and doing different looks and things like that on myself. And that's really where it came from. And now I'm just like all about makeup. I know all these different brands. I love doing other people's makeup. I've done a couple wedding makeup. Wow. It's like, it's just like my side hobby. And it's so therapeutic. Like I'm unbothered. When I do my makeup, most of the time I give myself a lot of time because I just like to listen to music and like do my makeup or whatever. But I've gone from, you know, it's, it used to take me like an hour and a half to do my makeup to now. Like I can do a full face in like 20 minutes. Dude, yes. it's like- teach me your ways. I do nothing. I'm like <laughs> mascara. Let's go. Okay. Next, but it's so fun. I mean, that's like now. That's like one of my my hobbies. I would say. That's fun. That's fun that she taught you that, and she knows she doesn't even play softball. And like you're going and being a part of her world and learning things. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Cutting in to this episode real quick to tell you about something we've had up our sleeves for a while and it's officially out. It is the ABT Winter Collection. So I was at a camp that I was running a couple years ago and the athletes were like, do you have any sweatshirts? Do you have any sweatpants? And it dawned on me this year that we have a new ABT line and I'm like, we need some sweatshirts, we need some joggers, we need some beanies and maybe throw in another long sleeve. So it's official. We have our own winter collection and I really want you guys to go check it out. It is so, so awesome. It was fun designing this stuff with my team and people have already ordered and they're wearing the super, super warm sweatshirts and the comfy beanies. Someone also asked me if the beanies would fit a ginormous head, a ginormous melon. It will. I I just got mine in the mail and it definitely will fit your head. I'm so excited for you guys to see this stuff. So all you have to do to check it out is go to www.ashleybtraining.com. Click on the ABT collection and you guys can see all the new things that you can get just in time for the holiday season. Uh, Make sure to get those orders in. It takes a couple weeks to get out to you. So make sure you get your hands on some of the awesome gear. I'm so excited for you guys to wear it. And if you do get it and I want to see you guys repping it. So make sure to tag me at Ashley B training on Instagram. I cannot wait to see you guys wearing this gear. You guys are going to rock it this holiday season. All right, let's head back to the episode. So let's start talking about Nebraska and playing under Rhonda and Lori because they are two Hall of Famers in the softball world. And I know there's so much that they taught you. I want you to unpack anything that you learned from these two amazing coaches. Three, honestly. Coach Miller, she was phenomenal. All three of them were just like, I mean, that was an experience. I had never played for a a female coach either. I had always played for male coaches, even in high school. Um, And so it was, that was a little bit of a shift for me because as women, we can be a little bit more emotional. And so I had never seen a coach so passionate. Any, I mean, all three of my coaches were very, very passionate about the people that they were working with and just everything that they, they do. They are a hundred percent like every day you get the same, like you get the same person every day. And I think consistency was something that was so crucial for me in my career at Nebraska, because if I would have had someone that, you know, was 
wavering or you know letting me kind of slip up i really think truly believe that if it wasn't for them you know staying the course with me i mean i don't know where my career could have gone but it probably wouldn't have been very good i'll start with coach Ravel. man the woman is like that was i don't even know where to start with her because i'm just like she is such an inspiration to so many people but like she literally is like the heart uh, of of Nebraska softball, and she has given so much of her time and just so much of herself to making that program everything that it is. And you know, regardless of the year um, and the differences that the program has kind of gone through, I mean, she she never wavers. I mean, she's amazing. She is so motivational. I think that that was probably one of the things that I clung to the most with her is that she was just so motivating everything that she said from you know practice to games to individually just the conversations that we would have um she just made me believe not only in myself but made me believe that there was so much more to give always and that's hard Mm -hmm. to to bring that out of people is very very hard but i think like with the heart that she has again and just who she is her character is just it's never wavering I mean, I I love her to death. Now she's become one of my biggest mentors. I mean, she helped me get this job even. I mean, she absolutely has been, uh, whether it's a teacher or a motivator or a confidence booster or to just someone that I just need to talk to, she has been that. And all three of them have been that, to be honest. And it's so cool because all three of our relationships are very, very different. I would say with her, I'm very much so like look to her for like advice and just real life you know, issues and my problems and when I'm doing really well. And even as a coach now, I'm like, hey, I'm dealing with this kid, you know, what would you have done? You know, and she just, I mean, we're on opposite teams and here we are. I mean, we play, we play Nebraska at South Dakota State. So, I mean, she could easily be like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to get, but she's very just whatever you need, whatever you need. Um, That's kind of my relationship with her. Coach Simple, I love this woman. She is so oh like bubbly but so like real at the same time she is probably one of the realest people and will always keep it a hundred percent with you no matter if it hurts your feelings or not she's just someone that you know that if you want a real answer and you want someone to shoot straight she's that person and i think that that's why our relationship is just so uh much different because it's just like I I knew that, you know, I couldn't sugarcoat anything with her. I wasn't going to let, you know, she wasn't going to let me get away with anything either. And uh, that was just really why I respected her because she was just always, again, consistent and kept me on my, kept me on my game. She never let me come off of it. And I mean, she's silently like hilarious. Like she's not very like, she doesn't have to like be very like outgoing. She's very... I wouldn't even say introverted, but she's kind of like, she's just very quiet about everything that she does, but very big at the same time. And I think that that's what makes mm. our relationship so cool. And then Coach Miller, she was like my mom, pretty much. Like, I, I was literally <laughs> yeah. like, she's like my mom. She's so tough, uh, hard, hard love though. But like at the same time, someone that I knew, like my life, I could talk, I could go to her with more of my, my life stuff. Like, um, mm. And it's, it's, it's a fun relationship with all three of them because, like I said, we all can talk to each other on different levels and, you know, get to a common, get to a common place. And with Coach Miller as my hitting coach, I mean, I give everything to that woman because, I mean, 
it was just all about buying into her. And for the longest, I always ran from her. Cause like I said, she was kind of like a mom where she like, she would smack the hammer down on you if you needed it to. And um, yeah. I kind of ran from her for a while. And then finally I was like, listen to the things that she's teaching and she's saying and apply them. And that became a, a whole world of a difference. Once I bought into everything that she was teaching, hitting and slapping, um, just doors were opening up. And I literally started to see that in my last two years. But I mean, they all three are very different coaches, but they work very well together. And I think that that's what people don't understand all the time that because people sometimes expect coaches to all be the same. And, you know, one coach yells, yeah. this coach has to yell too. And that's not how it works. It almost is like you work better as a tandem when everybody brings different things to the table. And that is exactly kind of like how they coach as well. Like they all have so many different parts of knowledge. I mean, Sipple was a the Canadian national team coach. I mean, Coach Ravel has been doing it for a really long time. Coach Miller's seen it at different levels of the game. So there's all these things that come together and they make it they make it work. And I think that they've always been really big culture people. I mean, the culture and tradition at Nebraska, I mean, sometimes I say it's like a cult because it's like different. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people don't talk about, I mean, people are still talking about Nebraska to this day. And I mean, you see Nebraska fans everywhere. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's Husker fans all over the world. And I think that that is something that makes it really special is that the people that are there, they're all, they say it all in, it sounds cliche, but they really are all for Nebraska and it, it makes it a really special. Yeah. I remember playing there and I was like, these fans are crazy. Like in, in a way to where when you're the mm -hmm. opponent, they're mm -hmm. crazy. But like when you're on the team, they're rooting for you're like, it's this awesome. is awesome. Like. You have the best fans. I think we went there and it was a good 45 degrees outside. And, all bundled up. and, and the stadium was packed. <laughs> they're all bundled up. Like everybody yes. came. You know, like they're not fair weather fans. They are just right. all Nebraska fans. I think are it's nice be because it's like they're the only, uh, it's, there's no professional team in town. It's not like, you know, the bigger mm -hmm. cities that, you know, you got, you might have an NBA team to root for, an NFL team to root for. I mean, they are the professional team. And I mean, from rifle to bowling, I mean, even they had fans. I mean, everyone is a Husker fan and athletics is just, it's a, it's a big deal at Nebraska. So Yeah, it's such a cool environment. Mm -hmm. And when you say culture, I'm like, absolutely. That's one of the, the reasons why I hated playing Nebraska, but I loved it at the same mm -hmm. time. It's like, you know, you're going to have to bring out your best to be right. this team. And, and it's because of that, not just the physical skill, it's like just the family atmosphere, mm -hmm. like they play together as a team every year so well. Right. And that's so cool yeah. that you're a part of that. So you, Coach Miller was your hitting coach. Yep. Is that what you mm -hmm. said? So when you were resistant or hesitant to her cues, was that something where like she kept trying and budging you to like get it out? Or was she just very consistent with how she was coaching? And then it was up to you to start taking it in. Um, I think a little bit of both. She was very good at saying things a lot of different ways. And I think for me, mm -hmm. learning like that was, as coaches, and I, I see it now, there's a lot of different ways that kids learn. It could be visually, it could be tactile. Like, um, there's a lot of just different styles of learning. And I think that she was very, very good at just trying to lay it out and explain it, show it to where whenever it clicked with you, that's when she would really, you know, start working with it. But I think it also took me buying into a lot of those things. I mean, I had never really been taught to hit like 
college level pitching. So it was just mm. a very, very different shift for me. But once I bought into it, she was very consistent with the things that we would work once she realized what worked for me, if that makes sense. And it's hard as yeah. a hitting coach. I mean, you've got to understand, I mean, I work with the slappers here at SDSU and I mean, all of them are very, very different. And I have to realize that some of them might not understand the same, you know, cues and I guess whether it be motions or the things that I'm trying to explain, they might not always understand some of those things. So it is really important to to try and find different ways to say things so that kids can understand. And I think that that was something that she was just really, really good at. Yeah, that's the quality of a great coach. And it's so cool. I'm looking, looking at this from the outside and it looks like your coaching style is influenced a lot by the coaches that you have. But, I mean, like literally. Your, yeah, I mean, your energy and passion, like I know this about you, is just unreal. And I know your athletes can say the same thing about you. But like, that's a little bit of Coach Ravel. Like she, that's who she was. And like you now thinking about your slappers, how each one of them is individually different. You have to speak to them in different ways to get the most out of them. Like it's funny to see how they're working kind of like through mm-hmm. you. In, a fun, in, in an amazing way. That's amazing. That's uh, so cool. And, and honestly, I have so many questions about this simply because I had two different coaching staffs growing up and or in college. And so I feel like sometimes I was learning, you know, what not to do, but also what to do at the same time. But it seems like more of your story is like, no, like they're doing a lot of things right. They've been here for a long time. Their culture is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you make that happen for you? So what do you think was the main reason why your culture was so amazing? I think it's because we worked it so much. I mean, we did. We we talked about, I mean, mentality was something that we always preached uh, at Nebraska. Our coaches working really closely with our coaches and just doing different things to to work our mentality. But we also really, as a team, we realized that like the culture, like the, our behaviors and the things that we were doing Uh, On the field, off the field, like they always mattered and everything always transferred on the field. So we understood that, you know, if we want to be the best and we want to take like, you know, this game to the next level. And my freshman year, we actually the year that we went to the College World Series was my freshman year. We had a really, really good senior class, like very, very good leaders. I mean, upperclassmen in general, really good. But um, the senior class in particular, I mean, they were just very patient, but very stern at the same time and walking into that you just you start embodying it so i think it really starts at the top leadership was you know really big for us um, making sure that you know from top to bottom that we were working as a unit and trying to be together as much as possible i mean off the field we were all really really close and even if we weren't uh you would never know because we you know all kind of were in the same boat of if we want to move this bus and we want to move it forward, we got to be together. So, I mean, you had girls that grew up together, that Corona Angel girls that had grew up together, and played mm-hmm. with each other for a really long time. And it was always funny to watch Donna Tyson and Emily Lockman. <laughs> These two were like so close that it didn't make sense. And sometimes they would get really catty with each other off the field, but you would never know on the field like that they ever were like that because they were just so for each other, same same goals, same action, like everything was just aligned. And I think that that was something, like I said, we worked on all the time with just, was just being together. And yeah. we embraced that and we rolled with it. And I mean, it paid dividends and on, on, I mean, all five of my, or all four of my seasons at Nebraska, I would say were all really successful. 
although they didn't always end up at the Women's College World Series, they were phenomenal teams. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like it's just, you keep it simple. You play to win, Mm -hmm. like, and you fight for the people that are to your right and to your left. There's like, like you said, you can be, there are obviously going to be concerns and and little mini fights, like, why is this happening? But then if you're reminded by the end goal, postseason, Mm -hmm. Women's College World Series, Mm -hmm those things don't really matter as much. And it seems like your culture was like, didn't really allow for that because you were all just set on one amazing vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. What was it like? I have to ask, cause you played with Taylor and Tatum. Um, (laughs) They were like, I remember playing against you guys and I'm just like, they're literally like the, the best batter you could ever ask for. My first two years, it's funny. I mean, Taylor and Tatum, they were like, they could not stand me my freshman year. I tell you, people think I'm like, yeah, outside looking in, it probably looks like I was, you know, having a great time. But like some of my teammates had to like get on my butt because, I mean, they just were like, Tiki, stop making excuses for yourself. Like you you can be really good. And Taylor and Tatum were those two. They never let me falter. And finally it took Taylor to be like, Tiki, shut up. Like you always have an answer for everything. Shut up. Do as you're told, and that's that. That was my sophomore year. Actually, yeah, that was my sophomore year. They were, like, two of the best leaders that I've ever played behind. I mean, they just did everything right, everything, the little things, uh, from cleaning up, uh, you know, cleaning up after practices to, you know, making sure people were on time to being, uh, believe it or not, Taylor was somebody, 300-yard shuttles. Taylor was, like, with up at the up at the top with, like, top Wow. Times. Like, they just outdid everything. Like they always went above and beyond. And I think it, a lot of it was for them, for themselves, like wanting to just accomplish so much. I mean, I, I know coming in my freshman year, something that they really wanted to do was like lose weight together. And they were just so dogged on it. And like, that was what they were going to do. And they were going to be better for the team. And it carried on throughout their whole career. Like they, that's just how they handled everything. And it was always to make the team better. And so playing with them, I mean, those are my sisters. I always said that I was like the triplet. I mean, <laughs> I, I love playing with them. And then playing with Taylor at the next level and getting to play with Tatum as well. I mean, I got to play with both of them again professionally, uh, not last year, but the year before. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, those two, me and Tatum actually got really, really close my fifth year as Tatum was a grad assistant and I was an undergrad assistant. So we've gotten to share a lot of really fun memories. And, and now those two are like sisters and Tristan, the one that's still in mm-hmm. Nebraska, that's yeah. my, my whole little, that's a whole nother little baby that I have. And I, I love Tristan. Their whole family is just amazing. They are awesome people. Really, really awesome people. And did you play with Tristan? No. Tristan, I didn't think so. Tristan's first year was my fifth year. Okay. So, How cool is yeah, that? Really I, bet, cool. I bet Taylor and Tatum were like, hey, take, hey, be tough on yeah. her. Oh, like she they were. <laughs> and, and they'll tell you too, because the first year that uh, Tristan got there, Taylor and Tatum were both helping with the team and they did not let that child breathe. Tristan <laughs> was kind of a little, you know, she was having to jump into some big shoes and she was kind of, you know, mm. being a baby. I want it. I mean, I'll tell it to her face and she knows I will too, but um, they did not let her falter. And I mean, I mean, she's one of the, the most outstanding 
players I've ever seen. She's so fun to watch. It's It's been fun to watch that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just seeing, I mean, I have a younger sister and like seeing her do her thing, you know, with me being like long gone, mm-hmm. it's just fun to see her kind of like find her own voice and create her own, you know, just game. Right. It's just so fun to watch. She's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned your pro career. So you were drafted, was it fifth or sixth in 2016? Sixth. 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 Yeah. So pretty high draft pick, probably because you decided to, you know, score 200 (laughs) runs as a school record um, in your career, which is insane. Amazing. So you get drafted, you're playing for Scrapyard for a few years. Your experience as a whole before what we're about to get into, it was pretty good. I mean, I, I remember playing you and still like same thing came out. I was just like, no, oh, Kiki's up to that. She's the scrappiest hitter I've ever yes. met in my life. When we played, the tra- I miss that, man. When we, when we got to play each other professionally, I was like, I just remember though, I don't know if you were, I don't know if you were grad assisting. I think I had asked you though, the year before you graduated, I had asked if you were going to play pro. I, I think I, I knew you were going to play pro. And I was like, oh, yeah, so you cool. reached out to me on like Instagram. Yeah. And so I once this. you got there, I was like, oh, this will be so fun. Like, I'll get a player again. And sure enough, we play each other again. I'm just like, I miss when the league was like so many. There were so many teams that were in the league that it was just so cool to see yeah. so many teams playing. I mean, my experience with the league in itself, we at Scrapyard, we were only in the league for my first two years. So my, yeah, my first two years. And then after my second year, we decided to go international and Mm -hmm. play more of like the World Cup and stuff like that. I think that was kind of right around the time where we knew that softball was coming back into the Olympics. And so we took just a a little bit of a different route. But my first, my, my rookie year as a professional athlete was amazing. I mean, I loved every bit of it, loved my teammates. It was so fun getting to travel all over and really just play people that I was always like, oh my God, I'm playing like Lauren Chamberlain. I'm playing, I mean, with all these people. And it was so, it was so cool to see. And going into my second year, I had actually gotten hurt after my rookie year. I had shoulder surgery. I was thinking, you know, going back, I was like, "Uh oh, this might not be, you know, the best. And sure enough, second year was not that fun of an experience as I just was dealing with so much pain and just trying to come back. And then that third year, we branched off into international play and we had split up into two different teams. There was about 40 people considered on Scrapyard, but we split up into like Scrapyard versus the internationals. So it was just a lot of the girls who were playing on international teams and Scrapyard girls. And all we did was really go on tour. We went to Colorado. We went to California. We went to South Carolina. We went to all of these different places and we really just were playing each other uh, on tour. And that's kind of what that was. And then fourth year, we're back at Scrapyard, but we're playing in like the World Cup. We're doing all those kinds of things, just a little bit different. And then into this last year, was that? Yeah, that was into this last year. Uh, a little bit of a shift, to be honest. I mean, we got into, we were going to be playing about 24 games this past summer. We're going to be playing in about 24 games against the USSA Pride. And to start it all off, the very first game of the season, general manager tweets out something from the team's account, pretty much just saying, you know, uh, hey, real Donald Trump, you know, our, look at us all standing for the flag. And it raised some hell.
crazy enough, this is the end of today's episode. This has been a crazy journey. Me talking to Kiki, it has been so fun to be able to see her upbringing in the sport, see how much her dad influenced her and how much of an impact her college coaches made on her at Nebraska. Now, because I know there is just so much juicy stuff coming in the next episode, I wanna prep you for it just a little bit. So in the next episode, we're gonna really dive into This Is Us Softball. So basically, this is the team that came out of that tweet that most of you probably heard about. If not, you can totally research this, but Scrapyard Softball's GM put out a tweet that she shouldn't have put out and it really left the entire organization to literally leave and create a new team because they didn't want to be affiliated with that team anymore. And it was a really bold statement, especially in the middle of all the racial injustice that's been happening in our nation. And the reason why we're having this conversation is because Kiki was the only black player on the team at the time. And so she's going to give us the deep dive behind the story in next week's episode. And she's going to talk about how we can communicate to our athletes about all of these things going on and how we can truly help our athletes not ignore the problem, but actually be a part of change and the best change possible. So I don't want to give you any more because I know next week's going to just be so amazing. So I want to leave you guys with this. Please make sure that you are being those role models in your life for your athletes, being the person that your athlete, when they want to talk about things that you do. And I'm just so excited for you guys to listen to next week because Kiki does a beautiful job explaining how we can have those conversations. So with that, if you guys love this week's episode, please share it with your friends. Please share it with your softball tribe. If you do so, and I see you, tag me, tag me at Ashley B Training on Instagram, and I would love to give you a shout out. Take a screenshot of this episode, your favorite part. I want to know what it is because I want to have more conversations with athletes like Kiki, and I can only do so if you guys tell me what it is that you love from the episode. So thank you guys for tuning in this week. I can't wait for you guys to see the second part of this episode with Kiki Stokes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you guys same time, same place next week. See you later. So there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this and I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley B Training and at Smashly underscore four is where you can find me. And make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that 
for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later.